You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. I don't know what that was. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a lovely, lovely, lovely edition of the Gate 7 International Podcast post-match. We're all pumped. Don't know what just happened, but nothing can make us feel bad right now. Not with this result. Lambra, how you feel, buddy? Flying, flying. Adi, I'm feeling great tonight. I don't know about everyone else. It was... What a night. What a night, baby. That it's it's back. We're back in Europe. It feels good doing these podcasts. Uh back after European games. It's late. It's almost 11:30 here, but you know what? I'm pumped. I'm so excited. That was an interesting game, let's say, but just like yelling at the TV, throwing shit all around and swearing and cheering and cursing. Oh my god, it's back. It's back. It feels great to be back, everyone. Oh Fucking yeah. Fucking hell. Interesting is one way. That's one way to yeah. put it. You know I missed every damn goal. I I literally missed every goal of this game. I did not see a single one. I saw the replays, don't worry. But every time I would get up a goal would get scored. The first goal gets scored. I get up, Antwerp scores. I get up, and then Oleg, despite the b- constant belittling by Owan Lambrosiermos, Oleg delivers. True. Just for you. Just for you. Anyway, everyone, just a quick, as always, we have a quick message from our sponsors. And before we do that, guys, if you haven't done it already, please like and subscribe to all of our platforms. Yeah. If you don't want to miss any more future content and you haven't done it already, go ahead, subscribe to our YouTube, give us a like and a review. It really does help. Uh, and before we get moving, thank you to our sponsor, Paris International. Paris International is your one-stop shop for all of your international transshipping needs. Whether you're shipping olive oil, packages, cars, or relocating completely, Paris International is here to help. Just contact our friends at 410-675-4696. Or email at sales at piraeusintl.com. So what better way to get started with this little match review? Just kind of prefacing uh, what happened with the game. And the first half was a little bit uh, slow. I don't yeah. want to say slow. Stuff happened. We should start from the beginning, Adi. So the lineup comes out and we're looking at a 433 without Matthew Valbuena. Baby Camara starts. Mari Camara starts. The patented midfield starts. Popsi say Karbovnik at right back, who I don't know. Some would say maybe I, I look quite similar to haircut to Karbovnik. I was told Stop. that. Stop. I don't know. <laughs> We're just two great footballers, I know. But anyway, so we come out 4-3-3. The team looks fine, you know, in that first 30 minutes, I would say. El Arabi did struggle a well, bit. Wait, before you go on, that's, it okay. did not play like a 4-3-3. I'm sorry. Madi yeah. was playing the little man in a big man little man. This was a 4-4-2 dressed up with Madi playing as that that little man, the roaming little man. But because Madi goes all over the place – you know, a lot of people would say maybe it was a 4-3-3. No, but when we didn't have the ball, Mahdi was up. And when Mahdi did have the ball, his off-the-ball movement was really far up the pitch most of the time. So this was a 4-4-2. It that did changed. change. It did change. He started playing right midfielder and baby Kamara started playing little man. I don't know if you noticed that. I, to yes. try and get Kamara to send more crosses in. I think that was the hope uh, with that. Vinagre. Vinagre had a terrible game. I don't know if anyone saw this against Ajax uh, earlier this week, but anyway, not getting stuck on uh, Vinagre tonight. Um, honestly, I thought the fullback play was all right tonight. I thought Oleg played decent. I thought in the first half he was all right. In the second half, I thought he played great. Karbovnik was the opposite. I thought he had a really good first half. The second half, it looked like around the 60th minute, he was 
the legs Gassed. were gone. I, I, yeah. I don't think he's been running that much. He's not been playing that many competitive games. And yeah, there was just a lack of overlap. I think with time, he'll get better. I, from the little glimpses he's shown, um, Karbovnik may be the best right back. I don't know. I haven't seen enough, but I thought he was brought in to be our left back. I don't know. I don't know. I'm losing the plot. But other than that, um, moving on, Henry Onyakuru was a bit um, mad tonight. He showed flashes. He showed everything you kind of want to see from him. But just like it wasn't consistent enough, I felt. Um, Baby Kamara, again, in the first half, I thought was very good. Uh, it completely ran out of gas by the 60th minute. He should have been taken off way earlier. Yep. Um, I'd, but also, uh, I thought uh, I thought El Arabi was decent tonight, guys. I know Adi will disagree. the The goal that was offside, I thought, was amazing. Just doesn't matter. It didn't score. It could be. Yeah, it does matter. It does matter. Context count. matters. He was the Context flop of matters. the first half. Flop of the first half for me. He didn't, well, he didn't do anything. Now, the goal redeemed him for a couple of reasons. One, remember, El Arabi had a really, really, really slow start to the season. Last season, too. And my biggest fear, especially after what we saw with the Atromiros game, is that that was going to continue. And it would have, you know, obviously it would have sucked if he didn't score and we lost this game. But it would suck even more if he stays cold and we don't see him. I'm hoping this goal means, you know, we get that... Uh, we get El Arabi moving and he starts taking the league by storm again earlier on. But that first half, I don't care how nice that finish was. He was off sides. One of his jobs is to be onside. And then besides that, he didn't really do it. It was a centimeter, Adi. Like, come on. It doesn't on. matter. It, do, it doesn't. Centimeter. A centimeter. It matters. It matter. There's context. A, God damn if it. You lose a, if you lose a race by a foot or by a centimeter, do you still lose the race? Yes, you do. So it doesn't matter. His goal is to be onside. And he wasn't. It was. It could have been hair, hair. Th- it doesn't matter. And therefore, when that is your productivity, it means nothing. It was a beautiful finish. Had it gone in, yeah, I agree with you, hundred percent. But he was offside. That didn't matter. But he redeemed yeah. himself with the goal in the second half. Yeah, the goal in the second half was brilliant. Another cross by Marikamara, and I don't know. Uh, I this game feels so big. Also. This is a good uh, comment we should bring up. I know we do mostly football, but uh, Duda, as he was known, uh, his full name, Dusan Ivkovic, the very famous Olympiakos coach who won the cup in the European Cup in Rome as well as in uh, in Constantinople, passed away today. Very surprisingly, Olympiakos legend, basketball coach legend, and some of our best moments as a basketball team you remember him as the coach and a really big figure in the Olympiacos community. So thank you, Roman, for reminding us after tonight's start, we kind of lost track. We lost track of the document where we would have had words. So yes, rest in peace to Duda. Thank you so much for what you brought to our basketball team and have a nice paradise. The translation in Greek, I would say. Yeah, and I think it's perfect timing because uh, somebody that really felt this personally as well was our very own Costa, who's now here to join us. There you What's go. happening? Can you hear me? Yes, we, we can. can. We can hear you. Perfect. I'm in the car. I'm just, uh, yeah, I've stopped. I'm not driving, so safety first and all. What a, what a difference that goal made. I'll tell you what, my post-match tweet, that I was drafting around the 83rd minute or whenever they equalized was looking quite different to what it was in the end. Um, But I do want to say something about Duda because I was, I was, I think 11 years old when we won the first Euro league in, what was it? 1997. I was 11 years old. I was a little kid. I remember jumping for joy. Um, and then, was it 2012 in in Istanbul? Just the most epic basketball game I've ever witnessed to date. And just, he's so much more than a basketball coach that came through Olympiagos 
I think the guy was like a father figure to a lot of those players, people like Bridesis, Mazaris, Spanulis. He's almost like a father figure to a lot of us fans. And that's how we felt him. And in 2017, when he came back for the, the tribute match that he that he came back to after he'd retired, you could see all the emotion. So I, I don't want to rant on, but really for me, we're talking about one of the greatest coaches in Olympiacos club history and one of the greatest coaches in European basketball and global basketball. So it really is a massive loss and rest in peace Duda all the best and just condolences to his family I'm 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 rather lost for words but that's that's the best way I can I can put it um do you want my thoughts on the game go ahead give it to us right wait so, Costa, before you do Fetano yeah. uh Fetano has a comment here that you look like a super villain with the lighting that you have. So I just thought yeah. you'd appreciate that. I've, I've got, I've, I'm all red and white. I'm all red and white. If I'm a if I'm a super villain, I'm a red and white super villain. Whatever whatever tickles your fancy. So all right, guys. Um, big shout out to Oleg Rabchuk. We we single him out. Every single game, we get frustrated with him sometimes when he can't pass the ball two metres in front of him, when sometimes he ruins transitions. But the guy gives it everything. He gives a hunch, everything he has, every single game. And I'll tell you what, my tweet, my, my tweet before we scored that goal, it was talking about the lack of chemistry, the lack of passion, and just how lethargic we looked. And the only the only reason I can find is that we are not um, we don't have confidence. We don't have confidence to press because that team, their defense looks so shaky that you thought press them but a little bit and they're going to crack. And that second goal is going to come. And we scored the goal. We went one nil up and we sat back and it just seemed like we were sitting back the entire time. The first half we couldn't we couldn't switch the ball two three passes. Jan and Villa was playing some passes to nowhere, and you're thinking, oh my god, like Jan and Villa's playing bad passes. So Gradis and Pap and and and, uh, and Pape Cisse are playing forty yard balls from the back, looking for the strikers. Where's the midfield trying to connect to the attack? Uh, it, the first half was completely uninspiring. Second half, ugh, like slight improvement. Then comes the goal after a, a wicked cross from, from Maddie and a fantastic header from, from Youssef. And then they bombarded us. They brought Benson on on the right-hand side. I thought he changed he changed the game. He, he injected pace on the right-hand side. He had a sweet left foot. And then what was it? Tamata or whatever his name is, the guy that scored the, the equaliser. He had three free Tamata. headers. Yeah. He had three free headers during the game. And... Karbovnik and Maddy are looking at each other where, instead of marking him and he's got a free header and he scores and it's 1-1 and it could have easily been 2-1-3-1 to them after that and Oleg's goal comes completely against the run of play and the headlines tomorrow are going to be completely different because I tell you what the headlines tomorrow would have been about the disallowed goal about the referees excuses 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 but we're, we're not we're not there yet. I really hope that tonight is a turning point um, for, for this team. You, I, I think, and I, I want your guys' opinion on this. It was an 80, what was it, 87th minute winner in the end. But you saw them knocking the ball about after that, some confidence, and you thought, okay, you know, grow a pair, guys. Like this, this team, this performance doesn't resemble anything like the Martins team that we've we've come to love over the last couple of years. Um, I hope it's a turning point. The three points on, on the first match day of the Europa League are super important. We got the three points. Um, I, I don't want to be one of those guys that says the three points are the most important thing and the three points only, but that's the only thing that we take from today is the three points and Oleg and Oleg's performance and hope that it's a turning point.
I'm going to yeah. point out that I have been a staunch defender of Oleg for quite some time. Uh, the statistics always back me up. Last game, I remember oh. Lambro complaining, people complaining about Oleg's crossing. He was six of eight for his crosses. Poor takes from all of you. Oleg, my man, got the goal, shutting the haters up. Uh, and even most of the announcers and most of Greek Twitter actually agreed Oleg was out. If we had a man of the match, he was the MVP. man of the match against the Yeah, for and, sure. He was, yeah. And even in this game, today, the guy, today, the, I today agree too. And, and, and I, I'm picking him. And Gosa, I'm so glad you brought up uh, about the team that we're seeing not being the team of the past or teams that Martins has had in the past with Olympiacos. We posted that graphic. We took all of the, the statistics, the XG for every formation that we used on a semi-regular basis in the last calendar year, the four, four, three, or sorry, the four, four, two, the four, three, three, the three, four, three, and the four, two, three, one. And which formation had the worst offensive productivity? It was the four, four, two. Second worst was the four, three, three. What formation had the best XG productivity? It was the 4-2-3-1. And it's not like I'm pulling stats. We're pulling stuff from two and three years back. This is within the last calendar year. So all of this, it's, it's, it's just kind of alluding to what we already believed, that what we did have in the past worked. And we probably shouldn't have gone away from it. But look, we got the win today. I'll take it, but there are still questions to be asked. And Chad has brought this up as well. The chat's been pointing out the same thing with the midfield, uh, some of our lack of creativity. I even saw somebody bring up a comment about, you know, we're doing this because we didn't actually bring in a number 10. All of this stuff could come to bite us in the butt. I, I just want to add something and maybe close on the Oleg uh, discussion. I was having this discussion with with people we were watching the game with. He's the only player for me that's made improvement, and um, I, I would say I've been more in on your camp, Ari. Like I haven't been quick to judge, and I've been waiting to see the improvement. Yeah. And you see it. I'm, you're starting to see some improvement in his crossing, and there were a couple of times that, like you know, I was watching the game with Gate Seven Brussels. And there were a couple of times in the first half, like where he got the ball on the left-hand side and he, he ran at the defender and we were all like, what's going on? <laughs> this doesn't happen. And it's great to see. And and he deserves to be singled out in a positive light now because for me, he's the only player that's made strides forward since uh, since preseason, since the beginning of the season, since we've signed him. You see improvement over the last few games. So I just wanted to 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 add that on. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. I I agree completely with everything said so far. And one thing that's disappointing to me again was like it almost felt like the Kosovo game the national team played where they scored that goal and we're just like, here we go. We're not even going to press. I just want to point out, I was listening to this on the radio before the game. Almeida, the defender who came in for Bjorn Engels, who's injured. Do you know where he was playing two years ago? I don't know if you. He was playing for Xanti. He was Xanti's defender. And last year, he played on a near relegation team in Bulgaria. Like, we were just giving these guys all the time of the day. This guy is such a tragic defender. And when we did press in that first half, they made some some human mistakes. I, I In Greek, it sounds a lot better. But some basic mistakes, you know, like... Uh, just a simple press was was all that was needed. And we were just like, nope. Under Martins this season, there's been no such thing as pressing. I don't know, Adi, you have that PPDA, I think it's called stat, yeah. but like, I would love to see that. The amount, they were damn near 60% possession at one point yeah. during the game, I think. And that's fine and all, but just giving these players all day to make a decision, it's, we knew their defense was weak. So press their defenders into making some mistakes. And it was just ridiculous at some point. It, and there was there was nothing there was there was no pressing and sometimes the goalkeeper when he would roll out th- like you would see El Arabi and Maddie drop almost like almost damn near the halfway line it was like well, well we're deciding to give basic okay Antwerp is basically a Dutch light team let's call them that Dutch light team they like to play 
football. They like to pass the ball. They speak Dutch, so they're Dutch light, right? So you just fucking press them, man. Just press them. Throw bodies, throw pace at them, and they'll they'll fall like cards. This has literally been happening domestically with them. They're they're mediocre domestically. I wonder why. Because they're not very good. So press them. They have Fisher. They have Samate. Samate anyway, the guy who scored. And then they have the tall guy, Frey, who's like a mediocre target man. I don't know how he scored so many goals. He's not very good. But you just press them. Don't give them the ball. We're at home. Run at them a little bit. Show some courage, you know. And to wrap this up, the three points tonight is huge. It is huge, guys. It is so big. This I, I, I tweeted it out. My tweet was, if the season turns around, it was because of tonight. The season could still go to shit, and shit could go bad for Martins and the rest of the team. But if things go and turn around, I think tonight plays a big factor because if there was a draw tonight, there's going to be there were. I think a large amount of fans would would have turned on the coach, and the fans were turning on the team in the stadium. I don't know. At the 85th minute, there was some shit pass or some shit defending. I think actually it was Socrates kicked the ball out instead of giving it yeah. back to Vatchlik. Yeah. And the fans no, was- fucking lost it. You know, like, if they didn't win this game tonight, I think it would have gotten really ugly. And I I agree with that sentiment. Three points isn't always everything, but God damn it, like, this team needed three points so bad. Needed it so bad. And now let's play. We have two weeks before we play Fenerbahce in Turkey. We need games. We need goddamn games. And we need the same starting 11. We need guys to figure it out. We the t- tinkering and bullshit has to stop. Like we need games. We need these players to start shelling and we need them to start showing something, you know, hopefully tonight drives them to that. Yeah. I think the, I think the reason for part of the reason for the press not being as high, cause it's not, you're, you're absolutely right. Our press is not as high as it has been in the past. Now, even though we've never been under Martins, like a high, a full court press team, not like Varverde, for example, but we've always been a very controlled press. We have usually have started game slow. We'll press high as the game goes on. And especially in the second half, we usually come out pressing really high. That hasn't been the case this year. And part of me believes it's twofold. First of all, in this game in particular with the context, uh, there's a comment here that I think nails it on the head. Uh, because you know they're dangerous. Uh, Johnny Tabukas, I think he didn't press high because they are dangerous on the counter. They have a decent counter. That's true. They do have a good counter. So it could but it's be part not of even it. pressing high, Adi. That's my main point. It, or even sense. often. It regardless, PPDA is not just pressing high, but pressing often. It's both, and we don't do it in general with the four with this four four two. We don't. We don't press very. We don't press as intensely as we have in the past. And I'm. I think it's both of those reasons. One in this case. Uh, because of that, but two, because uh, one, the formation, because of the not confusion, but the it, the the instability, maybe in the air, so to speak, if that makes sense. Costa, one last take. I know you got to hit the road soon. Yeah. So the last thing I'd like to say before I drive home is that this is the type of game that I go into worried because it's a must-win game. First, you know, match day one of the group stage. I think, like you said, Labro, the three points is massive. Um, I'm less worried about going away to Fenerbahce for some reason, because I think we go there with no pressure. And I think Fenerbahce has all the pressure because they drew today 1-1. Belka's missing a penalty on the 92nd minute, I heard. So we're going to go over to Turkey with no pressure. Uh, and those are the kinds of situations where I'm, I'm less less apprehensive about an Olympiakos performance. So excellent to get the three points today. That's what we keep, plus a couple of performances, or mainly Oleg's performance. We go to, you know, we go to to Fenerbahce now, and hopefully, like you said, uh, Labro, we can build up some momentum in the next three games that we have. We do need to stop tinkering. I hope they can they can find more confidence and flow. And that in three weeks' time, on 30th of September, I think the fixture is we actually look like an Olympiakos team. Uh, because there were certain points during the game today that the only thing that resembled Olympiakos was the red and white kit. And that was it. Uh, and I'm going to leave you I with agree. that. There were... 
Costa, I, I agree so much. I just want to say, like, sometimes I find myself speaking Greek at the TV. I don't know why that is. And the saying I was saying, Dixe mascati para pano, Dixe mascati. Like, just show us something, you know? Just give something more. And I, yeah, and it's just, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm just, I really, I'm just, I'm so hopeful that this is it. This season has been really hard to start. I hope that this is the thing that drives us forward. And I think Costa has to go, but I I don't know. I, I really hope we, we get a big win this weekend. It would be really big. We kick on and we just start playing together. We start, I know the football was poor tonight and I know things pissed us off, but results are huge. This result was huge, guys. I, I don't know how to put this into words, but we can be mad and we can be picking things. But if things, if we didn't win tonight, I fear for where this football team was going to go tomorrow morning. So winning tonight, I saw someone say it maybe in the comments, gives us some more time to figure it out. We have two weeks until Fenerbahce. This yep. team needs goddamn games, guys. We need time. Yep. We're fighting against the clock. We have only played one game in our league. I think Antwerp's played six, if I'm not mistaken. That, so that's correct. Yep. We need games. And now we've just given ourselves a few more games to try and figure this out. Pedro Martins has more time to figure it out. And I know, I know things have been going been going right. And I know pe- some people are losing confidence in Martins. That is, at this point, kind of fair. But he has two more weeks. He has two more weeks to try and figure something out. And... Can we say we went through with three points against Marseille? I don't think that's going to happen in this group stage, but that's how important a first game win can be in these scenarios. And that's just my main point. Kalinita, Magis. Good night, everybody. Kalinita. Kalinita, Costa. Be careful driving Ciao. home. Ciao, guys. Ciao. Thank you. Yeah, Lambro, uh, you're, you're definitely spot on there. And going back when we were pulling up and creating that. Um, that XG graph uh, in the last two. Well, let's look at last year, right? COVID. Let's look at COVID summer. It's sad that even under COVID summer, we had games starting before this, this season. Isn't that freaking sad? We actually had a pandemic that was preventing the start of the season. And we still had it start earlier than it is this season. That's pretty disgusting. Uh, when you think about it, it's it's just pathetic. And a lot of that does play a part in the team gelling uh, and, and getting things together. I wasn't pushing the panic button uh, after the Atrombiros game because I saw that we were at least, at the very least, creating opportunities. And even in this game, had we lost, I still think there would have been a lot of pressure put on Martins. Or even if we drew, for example, draw or loss especially. But even with a draw, he gets a lot of pressure. But the fact that there were a lot of chances created, it it makes me more frustrated than upset. Does that, does that work? Maybe not frustrated, more annoyed than upset. Does that make sense? Because there's at least something going in the right direction. The problem becomes when you create nothing and then it's like, what is happening? Is there a plan going forward? What's happening? Then it becomes like a hopeless situation. Like, what did we do? Is nothing's working, so to speak. But because we're seeing that, we're seeing things happen. We're making chances, right? And when we had possession today, even though we weren't dominant on the ball, I felt that, especially in the in the first half and early parts of the second half, our possession was more meaningful than theirs, so to speak. And that's that's where it becomes something like, hey, there's something there. It's the final product that needs to get polished. So I'm still with you because I don't want to see these overhauls for the sake of overhauls from Martins anymore. I think, look, even if it's 4-4-2, which I hate, Stick with it, make the minute changes, and get it to work. Adi, let me, can I say one thing real quick? Um, The talent is not the goddamn issue with this team. I honestly will go out and say this is the deepest Olympiacos team that that, um, Pedro Martins has maybe had. Let's go back to the first season of Martins when you had Fetfat Zidis, Bibarnacho, 
Vukovic, Ganiotis, these types of players, like the talent level here is very strong. Even maybe not even the talent level, the depth. Guys, freaking Kunde is coming off the bench. Ronnie Lopez, whatever the hell he's going to be, is on the bench. Lazar Angelovic is no longer coming off the bench. Like, the, I just, I feel the team is much stronger. It's just putting the pieces together. And what this team needs is not a blow up of Pedro Martins. It is needs games and form. It needs a few good wins in a row, a few two, three nil games in the league. And this team is flying. If this team goes into into January and makes it through in Europe and Europa League, I feel very confidently about this team going forward. It it's just the way the program has fallen is screwed the team. If if we were in the Champions League right now, we would be in massive trouble. Because guys, everyone else has played seven, eight games in their league. Six, seven, excuse me. This is huge. It's huge, guys. I We have a whole new team. Let's go from out there. We had Agibu, who was new, Henry Onyakuru, Karbovnik, Vachlik, Say back. Like We almost half the team was new, guys. Come on. Tonight was huge because of the result. It gives us another day. It gives us a few more weeks. And I know I sound like a repeating, a repeating, um, how do we say, whatever, right, someone a, repeating. A broken record. A broken record, goddammit. My English is leaving me. But I um tonight gives us hope. And longtime listeners know that hope is the biggest thing I believe in with Olympiakos. I think it's one of the sayings Marinaki says, like hope, fight, whatever. Um tonight gives us another day, lets us fight another day. And it was shit. I was swearing at the TV just along both of you. I, I'm, I'm just happy with where we're at. Um, and one one last thing, one last thing I'll say. Are we very confident in the central defending pairing at, at the moment? Mm, no, no. And uh, yeah. uh, and I think Gosta in the comments brought this up too, which was something I also, we got spoiled last year, or not even just last year, last year and the year before with Semedo as the center back because we had for the first time since Rezos, a real ball playing center back. And you see how the how the game and how the team open the field opens up when you have a guy that can that doesn't have to just let me play to the right, let me play to the left, that has the ability to get forward, isn't afraid to, you know, take a dribble on somebody in a dangerous position. Semedo offers that. You know, Markovic is somebody that can offer that too. Look at how different our buildup from the back is when you don't have a ball-playing center back. Somebody that can pick up the slack when the midfield isn't there to do it. And what do you see as a result? You see Mvila parking his ass right in front of the center backs. And we know that a lot of it is instruction from Martins. We've accepted that. But it is one of my biggest pet peeves. And I hate it because that is another person that's not making space and moving around in the midfield. Something I used to complain about a shit ton last year. And it sucks. I, we need, I'm not confident with the center back pairing because of that. I, we need, we've, we've come to rely on like a drug, that ball playing center back to help spur us going forward. And we haven't seen enough improvement in our, our midfield, so to speak in the play within the midfield. For me, for me to believe that 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 doesn't need to change at the very least from the back, because whatever we've done four three three fake four four two whatever hasn't fixed that, okay, and that's that's where my problem is. So yes, I'm not comfortable with the center back the way it is because I want a ball playing center back back there. But another one of the problems is, I think. Markovic and Hussein Uba may be at the same level as as Popsi Say, you know. Popsi Say, remember, was the guy left out in the cold in December and now he's back. But the thing is, hitting on the point earlier, we need some chemistry. So it doesn't matter if Markovic has looked so good or Ba has right. looked so good. At the moment, we need a center back pairing 
to play together. So we just need these guys, whether it goes good or it goes bad, they're going to Martins has shown chosen his partnership. And unless someone gets injured, this is the partnership that needs to play every single game until Fernabache. That's it guys. Like they need to create a partnership. That's yeah. a fit. That's a because fair the point. But you know Socrates where... is getting hurt, though. Socrates will yeah. get hurt. He is going to get hurt. And if you're going to make him, if he's the day in, day out starter, that's fine. I'm okay with that. I believe Socrates is a top center back, and I think he's a great defender of the ball. But it is a matter of time until it gets hurt. I don't mean this to be disparaging towards him. I just am being honest. This is how his career has been. He is going to get hurt, especially at his age. Yeah. So as much as you and, want the consistency yeah. with Cisse and Socrates, he will get hurt. We have to face that fact. Yeah. And the, the, the thing is, this is why it's a bit mad to me that Dimitri Silvas is being left out of, of the fold. I stories have reiterated today. I think the free transfer deadline is tomorrow. So we'll have Gary yes. Rodriguez news probably tomorrow, everyone. um, It's tough. It, it's really tough because... I don't know if this is my favorite pairing, to be honest with you, but it's the one that's been chosen and it's the one we're going into. There were moments there when both of them, did you notice that? When both of them went flying into stuff and then things were exposed in the back and luckily Antwerp didn't capitalize, but there were some moments there where it's like, okay, maybe if the guys had been playing 20, 30 games together, they wouldn't have both flown in like that. One would have gone, the other would have. So that's a problem. It is a problem. And it, it leads to disjointedness and throughout the rest of the team, I feel. Um, I, uh, I I just wanted to bring that up because I individually, I think all of our central defenders are very good, but mm-hmm. it's just finding the partnership that works and giving that partnership time to grow. And I hope that's going to be the decision moving forward. We'll see. Yeah, well, you're you're right about that. And that all, like you said, comes with time playing with each other. Look, and... When you're playing next to a guy in a, in a CB pairing, right, if you don't trust that individual to do things, like in a certain situation, trust that he's going to go get that or have played with him enough to know that he's the person that's going to go get that, you get those situations. So there isn't enough trust there. Uh, and that's because Socrates didn't play with Cissé before this season. Remember, Cissé left when Socrates came in. So this is their first time playing together, and they'll get that. They're going to develop that. but. That is super important for the rest of the team, as you alluded to earlier, because when you're on the field playing, it doesn't matter. You could be a midfield, could be a winger, even as a striker. And you're seeing your center backs do that. You go in and, and something's happening. It puts this like little feeling in your in, in your gut because you don't feel good. It it makes you want to prepare yourself by looking to come back in case something happens. And then that mentality keeps you from thinking about what you need to go, what you need to do going forward. And it's, it's, it's just a snowball of effects that then makes us then kind of huddle inwards, so to speak. So you're absolutely right. I mean, look in, do I prefer to have a ball playing center back at the defense? Yeah, I do. 100%. I'm spoiled with what I saw the last two years, but if this is what it's going to take to, for us to get two center backs, that'll find their feet in a pairing together. Then this is what I want. Just go with it. Get some consistency. Pick them. Roll with them until one of them gets hurt, and so does, and so on and so forth. Keep going. I still have a bigger issue though with Martinez's game management because once again today it was too fucking slow. Just like against Atromiros, it was too slow to make an adjustment. Now, look, we should preface this first of all again by saying there's only so much game management a person can do. How many coaches have we heard say, look, you can shout as much as you want on the side on the sidelines. Really, the only people that can hear you are the players right in front. So aside from him getting to switch players to switch or maybe shouting an instruction to the guys that's right there to tell people to, to pinch in more, there's really not so much he can do with that respect. Uh, but he should have tried something in the Atromidos game, and he sure as hell should have been making changes earlier in this game. We looked dog tired when they scored that their goal. And they made a double change, and we responded with nothing. Uh, or sorry, of Valbuena, Valbuena for Envila. That is not the change you make. You bring Kunde on. They make a drastic change in the midfield. You bring our bulldog on. You bring our guy that 
just can run for days. I'm convinced Kunde can run 24 hours. That guy does not ever get tired. That he should have been brought on. 60 after the first goal, when we start to slow down, Kunde comes on. He needs to. Because not only is he yeah. good with the ball, the dude is bionic. He never stops. Why didn't that happen? I I love this guy. I honestly I know we haven't seen a lot yet from Kunde, but I was yelling for the sub as well early, Adi, for Kunde. And then when he came on, just a burst of pace, the running at people, kind of like he has that sort of, I'm not afraid. Like there were a few players after that equalization where it was like, I'm afraid, you know, like this is, if we lose this, we're screwed. And Kunde came on, he's like, okay, everyone, like hop on board. I'm taking you with me and was running at people. And let's remember, he also got the guy sent off. Um, That's a point we should probably bring up he he just offers pace strength directness that this team doesn't have in the midfield at the moment and god it's a breath of fresh air when kunde gets the ball on a break or when kunde just starts running at people it's fantastic stuff and and i want to say that doesn't mean that other midfielders like bukhalax and envia had a bad game but it just means at that point in the 70th minute we're looking a bit leggy. They may look a little leggy. Throw Kunde on a bit earlier just to let him run at people before their goal. It was calling for Kunde. It was just, yep. It, it was a bit absurd, but honestly, it was a great sub and all, uh, a great sub he should have done earlier. I agree completely. I was calling for subs much earlier. I, I want to say also, Tiquinho looks great when he came on. It was not very long, but I thought he looked very good. Um, this guy, um, I, this guy's good. I think he's going to be good for us. I really hope, I'm saying that right now, but I really hope he's going to come good because some glimpses look really good from him. And yeah, I thought the, the subs did exactly what they needed to do, but it's just like, can we have done those subs earlier so they could have done exactly. them? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, literally. The, the, the Kunde sub had to happen after our goal. And it's... There's another worrying trend that's been happening. It's persisted almost all preseason slash early season so far. And it's that we get the goal. We get the go-ahead goal or the early goal. And then we just just relax. We're just take, we're just take a step back. This is small team mentality. This There is no place for it. One goal is not enough, especially in Europa League. We have bitten it with even two goal advantages. So, no. You get the goal, and you just keep pressing it on. You keep pounding the nail. You don't stop. You don't relax. Now, that is sometimes an indicator, of course, that the team is tired. But that's why you have to make those changes. That's scary. That was so scary. We literally we got that goal, and then it's just one-way traffic from them. We're sitting there like, what happened? We, we, were, we were dominating. Now people are moving all over the place. What is going on? You can't have that, and it's why these cha- these changes need to be made. And it's literally for four years. I think we've been uh, we've been we've been complaining about this, and we've always seen little little improvement, little improvement, little improvement, little improvement. But then there's regression, regression, regression. And we can't afford that, uh, especially in Martinez's last year. Look, this is the year that stuff has to get done. We need to make that deeper run in Europe, and. We, we have to bring the press back, especially at home. Are you kidding me? In front of our crowd, we should have been pressing. There's no excuse for that. We should have been pressing in our home. Ridiculous. But there's only so much I can complain because we did get the win, and the three points is what matters most. I mean, we all say we hate saying that, but it is because it changes the conversation completely. And as long as we get that win, it's it kind of keeps us at a baseline here, not super negative, but it has to it has to get better because on the average, if it doesn't, we're not gonna see that lucky second goal or maybe that winner, or maybe we cop a couple goals on some of the opportunities they have. It's all about playing the averages here. And that's that's the important part. We have to make sure this gets fixed so that it doesn't bite us in the ass in the long term. For sure. For sure. I 
it wasn't a good game. We did not play well. It was more of the same that we saw against Atoromitos, more of the same the second leg against Slovan Bratislava. But it's the six games of Europa League that count. There's only six. When people say it's the three points were important, but it was in the league, that's a little bit of bullshit to me. In the league, it's a little more, okay, the performance is more. But in these games, how many times have we played in Europe and played fantastic against Spurs, against Bayern Munich, and got no result, right? The result is huge, everyone. The the result is huge. Yeah. So let's take it, and let's hope Pedro Martins takes this game and just kind of pushes the players on. I I really, this Olympiacos team has so much potential to be so good. I know they've disappointed us so much, but this team has potential. It has players who I think are very good. I just, I just hope this is the turning point, everyone. Like that's, I, I, I really hope it is. And I guess we'll, we'll end really on, on that. Adi, do you have a few well, comments we, and then I'll close up maybe as well. We can't do uh we can't end a, the, a post-match without doing our coaching grade and man of the oh, match. Oh, yeah. Got to do okay. that first. So give us your man of the match and coach's grade. And chat, Oleg. while you're here, give us your man of the match and coach's grade while you're all man here. Man of the match and coaching grade. For those that aren't from North America, A is really good. F is shit. So or Greek them style, in you can go 1 through 20. You can go F 1 through 20 good. Greek style, I guess. <laughs> For all those people taking the national exams and things like that. Also Greek education system. But anyway, um, I'm going to give Pedro Martins. I like the lineup. I didn't enjoy the sub. So maybe a C plus. Is that fair? And I will give Oleg Rabchuk my um, man of the match for, for tonight. Man of the match. Oleg, baby. Moldovan lightning. I've believed in you from the beginning. Thank you for proving the doubters wrong. Stud, keep it up. I hope to see more from you, and con- I will enjoy continuing to watch you improve. Keep it up, big guy. Coach is great for me. I, again, 4 3 3, I was a little bit more happy about than the 4 4 2. But then when I saw in action, it basically was a 4 4 2. I was unhappy. Uh, anyway, so to speak or moving forward at least, uh, the changes were right but too late. So, like, there's good and bad there. I'm going to give Martins a uh, – I'll, I'll give him a solid B. Fair. Only because it was the right choices uh, and thing things – it's not like things were bad the whole time. It was in segments, and we – I thought our possession was more meaningful than theirs when we had it. And that's that means something. There's a lot I want to see improve. There's a lot of stuff that needs to change. But on the whole, it wasn't like a poor – it wasn't a super poor job. So I'm going to stick with my B there. Yeah, fair enough. And we have Peter coming in from the classroom in Alberta, PhD student Peter Thompson. Just finished teaching, missed the game, but we get the points and we move. Man of the match, Moldovan Lightning, Oleg, never had a doubt in the lad. Fair enough, Peter. Peter is yeah. one. He also never doubted Kenny Lala. So that says, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> from from like, what is it? Like from the top, dropping Peter. But anyway, um, guys, we move. We goddamn move. This is it. I feel I I was a really happy with that win tonight. Like huge. Like we had just played Barcelona style football because I really feel this could be the turning point. I really hope it is, guys. I really hope it is. And I just I have a feeling. I have a, a good feeling about this. And I have a good feeling about this. This moving forward, I hope everyone else does as well hearing me say all these things. So, and I'm usually quite a negative person. We look back at uh, the games with uh, in the qualifiers, and I was not friendly on this team. So, me being very optimistic says something. I feel, I, I feel hopeful moving forward. Yep. Well, we can only hope that it is the turning point. Uh, and we, we're going to move on. We have a game coming up Sunday, uh, 1.30 Eastern, I believe. So I think seven thirty Greek time or eight thirty Greek 8:30 time, seven thirty Central European time, yeah. against La Mia on Sunday. 
big game. We'll probably have a podcast out, normal one, just out. Not really a direct post game, I would assume. But yeah, uh, huge game. Keep the momentum up. Win one, win two in a row. And then we play Apollona as well on the Wednesday at home. So yes, this is where we get the goddamn rhythm. And this is where this team picks it up. You win against La Mia. You win against Apollona. And here we go. We got three in a row and the team's gelling a bit. So these next two games, as minuscule as La Mia and Apollona are, big games for this this season. And the first step was taken tonight against Antwerp in Kariskaki. Huge, huge, huge. You are 100% right. Well, that's going to do it for us today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening, especially, especially if you made it this far. We are always happy to come and do this on a win. Happy it wasn't a loss that we had to do this with. Don't forget, if you haven't done it already, please like and subscribe to all of our channels, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, of course, YouTube. If you don't want to miss the next shows that come out, please continue to interact interact with us. We love it. And you guys continue to be the reason that we do this. So thank you, everyone. This is Gate 7 International, and we're going to see you again on Sunday. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Trilos, he said. Stomialo katimajiko.